the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and concerns. Tonight, we bring you part four in our new series entitled, What Were the Three Responses of Christ at the Cross? And how do these three responses relate to us in our world today? People in this day and age respond to Christ the same way the two thieves on the cross did. And in the same way, our response to Christ will determine our eternal destiny, either to be with Christ or to be separated from Christ and condemned to an eternity in hell. So stay tuned as we launch into this brand new series, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. and Thank you so much for that uh, uplifting introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there and Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. And uh, we've been doing this series for a little while now, and I know you've been blessed by it, and we've been blessed as well in teaching it. And uh, I just want to say some things as a means of opening up this message here, uh, is that all of these uh, responses to us today uh, regarding these three men on the cross uh, relate to us today in every aspect of life. Uh, and we respond to our Savior and Lord the same way as these two men on the cross did. And I believe that the Lord purposely put it there so that we could see their responses and say to ourselves, as we read the Bible, as we learn about these two men and we learn about the Savior and Lord that was in the middle of them on the cross, that we're going to either respond to the Lord the way they did, the way the first thief on the cross did, or the second thief on the cross. Uh, Jesus sits right in the middle of every decision we make. And a non-decision is a decision, and that decision is no. Uh, if we don't make a decision, you say, well, I'm not ready to make a decision. Well, that's a no decision. And whether you want to accept that or not is true. There were three men on the cross, and their three descriptions sound alike, although different in content and different in meaning. The first man is the unregenerate man, the unredeemed man. The second man is the regenerate man or the redeemed man. 
And the third man was the God man, the redeemer, who brought redemption into this lost world. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we dealt with the first man, the unregenerate man, who looked death right in the face, and death looked at him in the face. And, and he looked at eternal death in the face, and he looked at Jesus in the face, but he chose, notice this, he chose eternal death. He chose eternal separation. He chose eternal hell. And there are a lot of people like that today in our world. They react to Jesus the same way. Oh, this has great truth to it. It's relatable to everything that we experience in life. And God is always there. I want you to notice this. God is always there on this earth to give you and me a second chance. He is the God of not only a second chance, but he's the God of many different chances in our lives. And life can end up... Uh, Going out on you, it can end up uh, leaving you. Life can end up stopping on you because death can take you out of this world at any second, any moment. You don't have to be on a cross. You don't have to be in the hospital on your deathbed. You can be healthy. There have been people that are very healthy, have no medical problems, out jogging, out walking. And the next thing you know, they get the news, the family get the news that they dropped dead because it was their time to go. But what does it profit a man, Jesus said, to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And you don't want to be that man to gain the whole world and lose your soul. Jesus said a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. You know, so tonight we will learn about this second man on the cross, the regenerate man, the redeemed man. And that's the category that all of us need to be in tonight. If you haven't made a decision to accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you need to be like this second man. So you can be redeemed by the Redeemer. You know, we learned about him, this man, in second man, in uh, Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, verses 40 through 42. Luke chapter 23, verses 40 through 42. Uh, the text says, but the other, notice Luke as a historian, as a doctor. Uh, he says, the other answering rebuked him, saying, does not thou fear God? <laughs> oh, that's an important thing, to fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation. Verse 41, and we indeed justly for our, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing amiss. Verse 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And let me just add to this verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, 
Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So, the first man on the cross, the unregenerate, the unredeemed thief, wanted to be saved by his own works. There's a lot of people like that today. They think that good works will get them saved. There's a lot of people in religions that way. There's a lot of people in our churches think that their works are going to save them. That's a lie of Satan. Remember it says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you say through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. You know, so this first man on the cross, the unregenerate, the unredeemed thief, wanted to be saved by his own works without the judgment of God. But the second man on the cross, the second thief, the regenerate man, the redeemed man, however, was willing to suffer for his evil deeds. He had done independent, uh, he had done no thing in terms of works to save him uh, according to his flesh, but he literally depended upon a, a savior on the cross to redeem him rather than his works. And he feared them. He feared what would happen to him after death. Do you fear that? Do you fear that in a healthy way, in a shivering way as well, that you may die and go to hell if you reject Jesus? This is what that thief on the cross did. The second, he's, he feared God. There's a lot of people today that don't fear God. In religion, in churches, politics, economics. Trivia question. How did this second man on the cross get saved? That's a good question. How did this second man on the cross get saved? He got saved by putting his burdens of sin on Jesus at the cross who bore the sins of the whole world and he received the assurance that he would be with Jesus in paradise. He got saved the same way we do by allowing Jesus to uh, take our sins and nail it to the cross. And that is the only assurance for you today. And that's why you must come to grips with these three R's. I'll say this in conclusion. You must come to grips with these three R's. I've said it before. I'll say it again. First R, you need to recognize that you are a sinner. Lost without Christ, doomed without Christ, doomed for eternal hell without Christ. I know there's not a lot of preaching on hell. I remember a famous black preacher in one of the southern states, Leo Demons. He preached a famous sermon on hell entitled, What in Hell Do You Want? What in Hell Do You Want? And he just broke that thing down talking about hell. And he said that he even gave an acronym for hell in his sermon. H means it's going to be hot down there. E means it's going to be eternal. First L means it's going to be a lonely place. And second L, a low place. What? What in hell do you want? <laughs> oh, he preached that sermon. What in hell do you want? That's my question to you. 
What in the hell do you want? You got to think about that, and then you got you got to recognize that if you don't recognize Jesus as your Savior and Lord, right now, you might die the next second and be separated from God throughout all eternity. And that Leo Daniels went on to say in that sermon, what in hell do you want? He said, he went into the book of Revelation, he said, think about this, think about uh, hell. He said, it, it doesn't describe it as a bucket full of fire or a swim, a little swimming pool. But he said, think about a whole lake. And he said, think about Lake Michigan, somebody pouring gasoline in there and igniting it with a match. What? What in hell do you want? You see, the second man, he recognized he was a sinner. And then he not only recognized his sinner, the second R, he repented. He repented of his sins. And he confessed to Jesus in his own way. And you know what? First John 1 and 9 tells us that we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not some, but from all unrighteousness. And you got to come to Jesus and confess your sins. You know, because sin is an ugly thing before God. It stinks in his nostrils. And John the Baptist got me. I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to give you some of John the Baptist theology. John the Baptist took this thing a lot further in this thing of repentance. He said to those religious leaders who thought that they were Righteous as righteous can be. They were phonies and hypocrites and fake and religious fakes. And John says, repent and bring forth the fruit of repentance. Oh, got to have some evidence that you have been saved. You know, and I remember uh, J. Vernon McGee, the old Southern preacher, saying something. He says, you know, I'm not always called to just judge people, but I am called to be a fruit inspector. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're called to be too, fruit inspectors. We can, you'll know them. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. We are called to be fruit inspectors. And we're called to be judges as well, to judge righteous judgment. Both these on the cross were sinners. Not one was better than the other. But one came and recognized he was a sinner before God and he needed salvation. And he knew that he could not be saved apart from a savior. And my friend, Romans 3 and 23 says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. That includes you and me, all of us have sinned. And we need a savior. However, the second man acknowledged his sin. He acknowledged the judgment. He acknowledged his sin, and his sin was trans transferred from him to Christ. And that's what you need to have. You need to let Christ carry. That's why he said, come on to me, all you that labor and heavy labor. Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. You need, to, you need his rest. And the Bible is clear in Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Now, no condemnation. The word condemnation is mentioned three times. Make a note of that. It's mentioned three times in the New Testament. 
all in the book of Romans. Romans 5, chapter 5, 16, verse 16 and 18. And here in Romans 8 and 1, mentioned three times. Condemnation is a, a frightening thing. You don't want to fall under that. Condemnation is used exclusively in a judicial setting as the opposite of justification. It refers to the verdict of guilty and penalty that verdict demands. No sin, uh, no sin or a believer is considered uh, really washed of his sin, washed in the blood, past, present, and future. And can he cannot be held uh, guilty because the penalty was paid by Christ. And now we are imputed righteousness uh, to the believer. And no sin will ever reverse this course. And that's why we need to know Jesus. And, uh, you know, so let's pray this prayer in closing because you want to meet him in, in heaven one day and be with him. And so let's pray this prayer together. First John 1 and 9, I confess my sins and he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If you prayed that prayer and you said it right now, you are cleansed from all your sins and you can rejoice that one day you'll be with him in heaven because Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. We just want to take a moment and thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. We've been on the air for quite some time, and we know it's a result of so many faithful listeners being faithful in their prayers to this ministry. And so we thank you, profusely thank you for that. Um, and we also want to thank those of you who have uh, stepped up to the plate to partner with us financially to hit a home run for this ministry. We can't thank you enough because it is a listener-supported ministry. And there's no way on, on planet Earth that we'd be on the air right now for so many years without the faithful prayers and the faithful giving of you, our listening audience. So we want to say thank you for that. Right now, uh, we owe about $596 that we want to take care of. So we need your help in retiring that debt. Um, so it's important that you remain consistent in your prayers and consistent in giving to contending for the faith. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, the first is simply address a uh, check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. 
And now the second way to donate is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. It's that simple and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Now we have some exciting news. Uh, Dr. Buckner will be speaking at the Refuge Church Refuge Church is located at 1187 Meadow Lane in Concord, California. That's the Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow Lane, Concord, California, 92520. It's going to be a three-day event beginning September 24th, which is a Friday. And that's going to be from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And he's going to be speaking on the biblical proposition of the Trinity. So you won't want to miss that. It's going to be a great presentation. And then he's going to follow that up the next day, September 25th, Saturday, will be 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And he'll be speaking on the five essentials, the five essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And then in conclusion, he's going to uh, give us the coup de grace, as he likes to say, the shot to the head. Sunday, he's going to be preaching at the 10 o'clock service. That's Sunday, September 26th. So mark your calendars for September 24th from 6 o'clock to 8 p.m. September 25th, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. September 26th, he'll be speaking at the 10 o'clock service, all of which will be at the Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow Lane, Concord, California, 92520. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to make those uh take those phone calls let's do that brother gary looking forward all to it. right so we have brother cc who has been waiting on line one brother cc how are you doing i'm doing good it's always good to hear your voice well the feelings are mutual and since we have uh two uh let me see we have two or three callers down look like we got a two callers so uh you'll give us we'll give you a little time uh, to uh, share what you got out, uh, just uh, one thing that stood out with the teaching tonight, and then we'll get to your question. What what ministered to you tonight? What ministered to me is what you said, that you can be a healthy person and you can die at any time. And I'm just seeing that over all these celebrities, and it's true that your life is, your life is not guaranteed, whether you're young, old, it doesn't matter, and that the most important thing is to have a relationship with him. And you said, what's it, you said, uh, what is the prophet that the man gains the whole world and loses his soul? And that's to think about so many people who may have gained financially or have been on top and their life came to an end, you know? Like a guy was, it was this guy just not too long ago, he was in a restaurant with his wife and he didn't do anything wrong. He was in there eating with his wife and some man came in there and shot him and killed him dead in front of his family, in front of his wife, and then he danced on his dead body, and he walked out of the restaurant. That guy didn't know that death was coming. And the most important thing uh, at that time was, did he have a relationship with the Lord? And I'm not saying he deserved that because he didn't, but he didn't know it was coming, and it just matches what you said. Amen. Well, that's so true. Thank you for dovetailing off of that important points about death can hit us at any time and we need to be not only have uh, insurance but assurance because we never know when it's going to come knocking on your door and call you out of this world 
and you need to be ready. He said he'll come as a thief in the night. And uh, thank you for that. And what's on your heart tonight? What question do you have? I want to ask you um, about, um, are you familiar? I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it. What do you, uh, um, are these guys uh, legit uh, Christian writers, uh, C.S. Lewis and A.W. Tozer? Do you know anything about these guys? Well, yeah, uh, they uh, were uh, Christian uh, leaders and uh, good writers, and and they're very solid. I highly recommend C.S. Lewis and uh, Tozer as well. Uh, a lot of people have read a lot of books on them. They got a lot of books and articles and stuff like that. You can't go wrong with either or. And uh, uh, C.S. Lewis... He was uh, one of Walter Martin's teachers, uh, one of my mentors. He was uh, Walter Martin's teacher. So they're very solid. And uh, C.S. Lewis also wrote a book, Screw Tape Letters, uh, talking about how the devil works on us. And it is a uh, a great work that you may want to get uh, that uh, by C.S. Lewis. Uh, told you all of his work is good and uh, C.S. Lewis as well, but uh, I, I really highly recommend uh, Screw Tape uh, Letters, but what I recommend even above that is uh, Screw Tape Writes Again by Dr. Walter Martin, uh, my mentor, because uh, C.S. Lewis was a great Oxford scholar, and a lot of times uh, in his writings, uh, his scholarship can be, uh, the words and stuff like that can be hard for a lot of people who are baby Christians and young in the Lord. And some of his other writings are more simplified. But in particular with the screw tape uh, rights again, uh, Walter Martin breaks it down better than C.S. Lewis. And so it's a masterpiece. Do you have that? Do you have screw tape? Uh, Letters? No, but, but is, is Walter Martin one who uh, wrote the book Kingdom of the Coast? Because I, re- I read that I read a lot of that book um, many years ago. His name seemed familiar. Did he write Kingdom of the Coast? Yeah, he he wrote Kingdom of the Coast book, and uh, that book is a masterpiece as well on Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, all of the major cults uh, of our day. So um, everybody everybody really needs to get. The Kingdom of the Cults book, because it's such a masterpiece that it not only will equip you so you don't get whipped, but it will educate you on your own theology, but also the cults. And Walter Martin had to go through the courts to get that book uh, approved because there were so many people attacking him. And even the Mormons, because Walter Martin was one of the great, great, great grandsons of... uh, Brigham Young. So he was uh, came out of the family of Brigham Young, but he was a believer and a great scholar. So, uh, yeah, you need to get the keynote of the cults and screw tape rights again uh, because it will really uh, advance your level uh, in the Lord and all the other works that you mentioned. I think I highly recommend both authors and you can't go wrong with them. And I really don't have any uh, major criticism to say about them. I just think that you'll get blessed by both authors and 
anything you can get on them, get it and read it. Uh, if it's something that you don't understand, you can call me and I can uh, break it, help to break it down for you. Walter Martin was he was um, a relative of Bridgeham Young, isn't Bridgeham Young part of the was part of the Mormon Mormon uh, ministry? He was a he was a long distant relative, uh, and Brigham Young was one of the founders, a uh, second founder of the Mormon Church. But uh, Walter Martin's uh, genealogical line uh, was uh, connected with uh, Brigham Young, a bloodline. But he never was a Mormon. He denounced it and he taught against them. And what they tried to do was take him to court and sue him because he wrote the book on the kingdom of the cults against them. But Walter Martin was smart. He took it through the courts and got it approved so they couldn't do anything to sue him. Wow. Yeah, so uh, get, that, get the book and you'll be immensely blessed. Um, and I know that you will be encouraged by it, but we, we do recommend everyone to, to get it. Uh, Thank you so much for that valuable information. I didn't even you, you you shared a lot with me. I mean, I appreciate it. I'm soaking all that up. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, and then there's a lot of other works that uh, Walter Martin has done that you need to get as well, and uh, just uh, soak it up. And he was the uh, over the Christian Research Institute. He started the Bible. He was the first Bible answer man uh, with the Christian Research Institute. And so, uh, and he died when he was about 60 or 61 years of age. But he, the work that he did before he died was amazing, amazing. And I was able to take classes on it. So I was blessed in that sense. All right, we will have, a, we, will have a, we have time to pray for this brother, uh, Gary. Yes, we do. Well, let's, you have any prayer requests? Uh, for me, it's just simple. Um, you can pray for me. Uh, I've been doing a lot of studies on the whole Romans, the Revelations, and Daniel, and it's a series of it's a lot of information, a lot of different doctrines I'm studying. I just want to be able to remember it, and if I share it with somebody, be able to, you know, God be exalted by it. Then my mother, Rosalinda, and my family, and then I have somebody, um, a relative a friend of mine who's in the hospital. It's her mother, and she's in the hospital right now, and um, she needs she needs prayer. And then uh, any celebrities in general. All right. Well, we're going to uh, lift those prayer requests up. And uh, Brother Gary. All right. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother CC. We pray that you continue to bless him with supernatural wisdom, creativity, imagination, and favor. That you help him as he, as he uh, unpacks your word. And that he also would have opportunity to share your word, Lord God. And to, to do the work of the evangelist, to be ready in season and out of season, to give an answer for the faith that he has. And we pray, Lord God, that you would use him mightily. We lift up his mother as well. We also lift up uh, this friend that's in the hospital that's, that you would just continue to touch and heal that situation. Lord, we just thank you, praise you, and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, CC, we always appreciate your call and your questions, keep on being studious and studying, and anything we can do to help to encourage and exhort, uh, we're here for you. Well, I hear that music. It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. 
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We just want to uh, reiterate what we said earlier in the broadcast and say thank you to our listening audience for their continuous prayers and their continuous financial support. It's such a blessing and an honor to be able to be on these airwaves, especially as long as we have almost 20 years doing this program in one form or another. And it's because of the listening audience, because of you, your generosity and your obedience to the Holy Spirit as he nudges your heart to pray for us and to give. And so right now we have a debt of $596 that we need to retire. And, uh, you know, it's summertime and I get it. Everybody goes on vacation and they're doing their things. And, well, you know, school is is back in session, I should say now. But uh, we, we want to make sure that you don't take a vacation from your giving and uh, come back and find out that we're no longer on the air as a result of not being able to meet these financial needs. But we, we trust God that he's going to move. He's going to use uh, the listening audience to to touch and to agree and to move and to be able to uh, provide the resources that we need to keep going and keep doing the work that God has called us to do. There's two ways that you can donate. You can uh, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California is T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. And you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Also, we once again want to uh, remind you that Dr. Buckner will be speaking at the Refuge Church. This, is, this church is located at 1187 Meadow Lane. In Concord, California, 92520. That's Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow Lane, Concord, California, 92520. It's going to be a three-day event beginning September the 24th, which is a Friday. He'll be speaking from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the biblical proposition of the Trinity. That's Friday, September 24th, followed by... Saturday, September 25th, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, he'll be speaking on the five essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And then he'll close the thing out Sunday and be preaching at their 10 o'clock service, uh, September 26th. So we want to give you opportunity to mark that on your calendar, especially if you're in the Concord area, Bay Area at large, or even if you're in Sacramento and want to make a trip down just to to participate in all of this great teaching. So it's going to be September 25th, September, excuse me, September 24th, September 25th, and September 26th at the Refuge Church, 1187 Meadow Lane, Concord, California, 92520. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to get back to the callers? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds good. Okay. Well, you know what? We had a uh, a request for prayer, and they wanted to take it off the air. And so our friend Alfred would like us to pray for his friend, his family, uh, Raul, whose wife passed away recently. So let's take that to the Lord in prayer and then get to the phone. 
So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Alfred. He's a faithful listener, faithful supporter, faithful giver. And we just pray for this situation over this wife that's passed. We pray for their family. We pray, Lord God, that you give them comfort. You are the God of all comfort. And we pray that you stand with them, support them, and that you bless them and wipe away every tear from their eye, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how you doing? Amen. All right. I got a question for you. Yes, what's on your heart tonight? Well, very interesting thing. Uh, there, there are two epistles to the Corinthians that are canonized. Are there any other epistles to the, to the uh, Corinthians that are not canonized? Well, that's a good question, Brother Rick. Uh, I would say uh, that's an, an, an oxymoron because uh, there are uh, ones that are not canonized that we don't know of, but in reality, they are canonized. Uh, let me give an example. First <clears throat> uh, Corinthians, if you look at First Corinthians 5 and 9, uh, in First Corinthians 5 and 9, uh, it, the, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and uh, he's uh, basically saying that uh, there was an epistle. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to be with the company with the Hornigan. So this particular epistle uh, that was written, they was not able to find it. It was never able, nobody's able to find this particular epistle. So uh, first Corinthians, so in other words, first Corinthians is not the first written one. There was one missing uh, that we don't know what happened to it. And now uh, somebody says, well, uh, how do you explain that? Well, uh, we explain it by the same way that we explain the fact that uh, Jesus did many things that uh, is was not recorded. Uh, and uh, what, let me just kind of write it, uh, write it, write this down, like in a note here. But I'm also going to take you to a, a chapter 20 of John. And uh, verses 30 and 31, John chapter 20, it says, And many other signs did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through his name. So there were many other things, signs uh, that Jesus did and the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. Uh, and the same thing with the Apostle Paul, that there was other inspired books that the Lord has not just uh, given up to us. And it, it may not never give it to us. Uh, somebody may archaeologically find it, but right now they haven't been able to find it. But for sure, 1 Corinthians 5 and 9 He's alluding to it, and First Corinthians is not the first written one. So there, and, and all scholars agree upon this, even the liberal scholars, but the conservatives as well. So, uh, but the reality is, we have enough in here in Corinthians, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, to save anybody and to exhort and build up anybody who believes. So hopefully that uh, helps and. Uh, 
and gives a little uh, more insight into it. And I would just encourage people to do a more in-depth study on 1 Corinthians 5 and 9. So hopefully that helps out a little bit and gives us some insight. And I, I should have thought about it, uh, what was written at the end of John. And, and, and that's the basis of the uh, logic behind it. That's it. You got it. You got it. And uh, do you have any uh, particular prayer requests that we can pray for you before we get to Sophia? She's uh, waiting to ask the question. What, what's on your heart for prayer? Just keep, keep, keep prayer on my mother right now. That uh, you know that she just uh, that she just stays uh, strong enough that the day will come that she will receive her salvation. That's my main prayer right now. Amen. Well, let's take that to the Lord in prayer. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We thank you for his many, many years of faithfulness. And, Lord God, we just pray that you continue to encourage our brother. We pray that you continue to touch his body, bring healing and life. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to, to minister to his spirit, that you would keep him uplifted and uh, moving forward in strength and in your power, Lord God. And we also lift up his mother. He's been praying for his mother for her salvation for a long time. And we're just trusting you that that day will come. And Lord God, that it will come in time before it's time for her to leave this universe. Lord, we just pray that she would make that decision as well as the rest of his family, that you would continue to minister to them and use Rick in their lives, Lord God. Give him the words to say and the power to say them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Brother Rick, thank you so much for your call and always good questions. Thank you so much. God bless you, brother. God bless. All right. All right. Let's try to squeeze Sophia in here. Sophia, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing so well. I will talk fast, okay? So let me, I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's Ecclesiastes, something, 9-11. So I read it real fast. The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. But then I also had looked up Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. But I'm confused because the first one, Scripture, sounds like it's saying, Oh, it's just chance. But then the other one says, No, the Lord orders things, uh, your steps by the Lord. So uh, the word chance threw me off because... It's not chance. Doesn't God have his chance hand on everything? Well, he does. And things are ordered by the Lord because he's the sovereign Lord in control of everything. But mm-hmm. when you look at um, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. 9, and you have to put together with it uh, verse 10, but really the whole chapter, but oh. uh, yeah, verse 10 and 11, and you kind of like go through the whole chapter, but he even and mentions wisdom, uh, uh, knowledge and wisdom. And, and he says, I return, in verse 11, I return and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor to the battle to the strong, nor yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men under understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. So what is happening here is that uh, Solomon under the Spirit is given a snapshot of life under the sun. And uh, even though uh, we do 
have uh, God's knowledge and wisdom. Uh-huh. Uh, knowledge and wisdom cannot guarantee the good outcome because of what appears to be uh, so many unpredictable things in life. So mm-hmm. you can be, and that's why he mentions uh, nor, uh, no, well, matter of fact, he said there is no work when in verse 10, because the key word, no work. And then he says, nor wisdom. Uh, and then he keeps using the word not and nor, nor, because what he's saying is that uh, no man, no matter how wise he is, no matter how knowledgeable he is, no matter how swift he is, no matter how strong he is, no matter uh, how fast he is in a race, uh, wisdom uh, and time, and even you can throw in that chance, uh, cannot guarantee a good outcome because, uh, you know, some people uh, have all of that and they still want to die. Some people have all of that and they still get sick. Some people are strong, they get sick. Some people are weak, they get sick. So what uh, Solomon is basically saying in a nutshell that wisdom cannot, knowledge cannot, and all the other things you have that is uh, on a healthy, positive, great level, uh, when it comes to you being a human being, uh, you're going to die like everybody else. Uh You're going to get sick like everybody else. And the Apostle Paul is a major example of that. I mean, he was a great man of God, but he had a thorn in the flesh. Uh And, and, And then Timothy had stomach problems. And people get sick. And then Job, look at the situation with Job. He was a strong man. He was prosperous. He was wealthy, had all of that. But yet, uh, nothing could save him from all of that. And God still was directing his, his, his path. Because why? Satan was not in charge. God was in charge. Uh-huh. You know, and, and why was God in charge? Because uh, Satan couldn't do anything unless God gave him permission to do it. You know, that's why Satan went to him and said, you know, you know, could he could he do this and that to Job? Uh-huh. And God granted it, but he said, you can't take his life. So hopefully that perspective of what I'm saying to you brings a little more sense to it because Solomon's just given a snapshot, a shot of life under the sun. But no matter how great you are, no matter how uh, great of ability you have, and even God's children, that uh, nothing could save them. Nothing, nothing in this life can save you. Only God can. But you're not going to be saved from the circumstances of life that everybody goes through because we're living in a cursed creation. And great people get cancer. Uh, some people that are not uh, get cancer to get other diseases. So anyway, hopefully that helps out. That was fabulous. Thank you so much, and God bless you both. God bless you. Thank you for your question, Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, and your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again 
give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.